Hi, and welcome to the Expansive Podcast, the podcast that is all about expanding your personal reality, expanding your business, and expanding your perception of what is possible. My name is Eric Kruger, and I'm joined by my ever luscious co-host, John Sane. <laughs> ever luscious. I love that, man. I've, been, I've been queuing it up since, since all your new pics have been coming out. Oh, yes, my new... Uh, my new branding. Thank you. Luscious. Yes, I like that. It's, it looks amazing, have... dude. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hello, everybody. Hello, all your listeners. This is Luscious John here. I'm in Joburg today, feeling extra luscious. Um, wonderful to be chatting to you, Eric. Always, always, you know, what's so wonderful is that you and I get to spend so much time together now uh, planning these, chatting about these, so much great energy between us. There always has been, but one of the comments that came through on the review the other day was that uh, they can feel the bromance between us and the sort of energy. <laughs> and, and I think just the purity of intention that we both have. Mm. And also, I think the very clear intention of building brand. And I think that what we're doing here is such a wonderful opportunity to market in the most um, – in the way with the most integrity, because I think this can't be not seen as a marketing tool, but what we're doing is adding incredible levels of value by sharing the stuff we're researching as quickly and as openly as possible. And that's in this day and age, by far, is the best way for you to market, you know? So all in all, it's just been a wonderful journey. Um, how are you doing there? I don't have a word for you now, Eric. Now I'm feeling I'm going to prepare one. You'll have to think one. about it. <laughs> yes. Listen, so I'm, I'm happy that you that you mentioned the reviews because I, I really want to start this podcast by by thanking some of the people that have been leaving us comments. And iTunes is amazing in what it does because it allows uh, for the podcast to be hosted and to be spread far and wide. But it has some drawbacks, and one of the drawbacks is that you can't comment on reviews. So we would love to thank everyone who leaves a review, but we can't do that individually on the on the actual platform. So I thought I'll take just one minute and quickly thank a few people. Also, you only have usernames, so we don't actually know who we're thanking, but we'll try anyway. So uh, Christopher Gill, so uh, we know who he is at least. Uh, he also hosts a podcast. Uh, Rafaya Many, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, Dr. Life's Good. Uh, YNWA1977. I know that's. Oh, well, that's uh, You'll Never Walk Alone. That's Liverpool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. And then uh, Bruce Mubaiwa. Mubaiwa? Thank you. Yes, he's a, uh, he's a social media friend of mine. Awesome. Yeah. And, and mm. thank you so much for all the reviews. I see Axel's name is popping up there. Hope to have one day have a walk with Axel. So he's also. Oh, wow. Axel's building, even on there. That's building his brand. Yeah, okay. So listen, um, I think as the year starts winding down, we become quite reflective about what happened over the past year, but we also start looking towards the future again and start thinking about 2020. And this morning I said to you, maybe a good topic for us to talk about a bit is what are some ideas that we could leave with people for them to take into 2020 to really supercharge their personal development? Because I think often we go through the the same thing over and over. We do the same thing year in and year out from a personal development point of view. And it doesn't necessarily give us the results that we want. So I have a, about four ideas that I've written down, but we can start with you entering us and telling us where your head is at. 
Yeah, thank you so much. You know, I, I'm uh, very big on personal development uh, because I think that at the base of everything that we do in our lives comes this concept of whether we're excited or anxious. You know, as accomplished as we are, as many shoes as we can buy, as many times we can spend with our friends and family, if we're anxious and feeling lonely, what is the point of all of it really at the end of the day? And I think I know this really well because in my 20s, I was 100% focused on the money and the success. And I did very little, if none, of any personal development. And when my bankruptcy happened when I was 30 years old, that's really when the process really began for me. And that's been the most life-changing process for me because at the base of it, I've been able to move myself from a default button of anxiousness to one of expansiveness or excitement, if you'd like to say. I think the thing that I really want to start off with, and I really want to dive actually into your four, because I think uh, if you have prepared them, that'd be great. But I think the first thing I want to start off with, and I think a major thing I see around me is people not taking heed of how successful they've already been. We very quickly forget about the things that we've done well, and we're on to the next. And in other words, we stop taking in compliments about what we've received from ourselves and from other people. I mean, we made the podcast the other day about the five laws of achieving anything you want and the law of receivership or creating a did list of what you've achieved to date. And I would imagine you should do two did lists. What have you achieved in the last year and what have you achieved in the last decade? Because as we move into this new decade, what you have are these incredibly lofty, massive goals that you can be setting out as well as a yearly goal that you can be putting in or declaration or intention or whatever you want to call it. But I think to start off with, my first caveat into this is start with a did list. And, you know, I've spoken about a to-do list, a to-be list, and now a did list is really recapping what you have achieved. And boy, have you and I been on a journey over the last, and that did list is going to be a very exciting process to write down. And I go through a process every year of writing my did list my do list and to be list on the 31st, 1st and the, um, yeah, 31st, 1st and the 2nd, I, I go through the process of doing that every, for every day, you know, consequently um, between those days. So, yeah, that's my first sort of step in, but uh, Eric, jump in with your four steps and actually let's discuss those. That'd be great. Cool. So the, the very first thing I wrote down was that I think it's important that people create a personal development budget because yeah, because what I, what I see happening is, how do we go about personal development? Well, we look for material out there that we can sort of latch onto and then integrate with, right? And I think where we get a lot of our material from is, is podcasts and YouTube, so free sources. And the paid source that we typically default to is books. But then what happens is we buy tons of books and we never <laughs> read them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I think my, my very first challenge to people is to take some of that money that you normally put towards books and actually go do a workshop or go do a retreat or work with a coach. But stop thinking that your personal development has to end with books and that that's the only money that you need to spend. I think if we look at a year, I mean, coming into Jan, we'll see all those posts that say, a CEO reads 52 books a year. How many are you reading? How many books do you read in a year? Not 52. No, no, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we'll, we'll start seeing all these reading challenges come out. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. and I want to say to people, read your books, but go spend that money with people who 
have experienced things, who can shift your mind, who can give you a experiential um experience is that experiential yeah, yeah, experience yeah yeah, yeah 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 so so that would be my first thing what do you think about that i love that man because you know budget is is great people want to almost say how much does that workshop cost well you didn't ask that when you wanted to buy those shoes you're like okay, i want those shoes i don't, I don't <laughs> care what you know what i mean and so for me i'm so big on that and i love that you've said that for me when, when you speak to the team that work around me i've got certain gaps in the year that are workshop gaps I'm going to the Joe Dispenza meditation retreat in January. That's my first one. And uh, many people, if they've read my books, they'll know I do South American shamanic uh, work. And those become very key processes for me to follow. And I also have coaches that I tap in and out of. Um, so for me, it's a constant process of prioritizing the personal development because I understand that that's at the base. Now, if you mm. don't make it a priority, then you'll always look for a reason that that's too expensive or what am I going to get out of that? But we don't realize that with, you can wear those shoes and be a miserable person and uh, rather be a happy person and those shoes won't necessarily be the thing that make you happy or not. But I guess that the workshop in a nice pair of shoes is actually the best <laughs> version of having that joy. So uh, good, very good point. I love that first point. Yeah. Go, so go. even on, on Workflowy, uh, so I use Workflowy to, to like capture all my thoughts. I have a, a little uh, part of it dedicated just to coaching that I still want to get. And whenever I come across a coach, even if it's like a sales coach, I'll put it down the list for something that I want to get to down the line. And I think I, I'm not putting books down anymore because books to me is almost just-in-time learning. Um, which I'll get to next. So, so personal development budget, like plan it, create it, bring the intention to it. That's number one. Prioritize number, it. I think that's prioritize it. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, number two is a PFL. So in the beginning of the year, one of the facilitations I did was for Aeon. And what they wanted me to facilitate around was a culture of learning. And I ended up doing lots of work and like trying to find the angle. And the angle that I settled on was to create a plan for learning. So a plan for learning says, how do we go about learning most of the time? Well, it's actually quite random. You read a book here, you listen to a podcast here, one is about sales, one is marketing, one is leadership. So it's like all these different various sources that you get your information from. And to what degree does that then become internalized and integrated into the way that you show up? Well, chances are not that much, right? Mm -hmm. But then I thought, if I look at the way that we go about creating keynotes and writing books, and you've often said, you know, that uh, writing is about learning, then what happens is you become so laser focused on how you are learning that you become a specialist and an expert in a short amount of time, right? Um, at least to the extent that we know about the topic. So I started thinking, well, what does a, a plan for learning look like for people who aren't creating keynotes and who aren't writing books? It means that for each quarter, you might want to start allocating a theme and you might want to say, well, actually, I really want to become a better leader. So what does that mean? I need to go find sources about leadership. So the exciting thing is you get to sit down and go and do some research up front and say, these are the podcasts about leadership. These are the books about leadership. These are the workshops or the courses about leadership that I want to attend in quarter one. And this is my plan for learning. And if I learn in between and get some just-in-time learning, like a, a podcast, random, whatever, that's fine. But I'm going to get through quarter one and I'm going to be really good and have a thorough understanding of leadership. And then I'll move on to the next topic. 
love it. And I tell you what the thing is, I think you need to do is put yourself under pressure to present your thoughts. And you see, the thing for us, I think what, what gets us to really kick in is that we, we've got a deadline for the book and we've got a keynote that's coming up. There's no choice. You, 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 you cram it in to be able to be able to get it right, you know. And so if you don't have that commitment at the end of it, I think it becomes not that important to want to crystallize your thinking. And I think it's in the crystallization of your exposure to this information where most of the learning happens. So how do you put yourself under pressure to present it to your peer group or present it to your friendship group or present it to your colleagues? And so that maybe that could be a challenge that you do between all your colleagues and your team or your friends and say, look, at the end of this uh, quarter, let's all present on a topic that uh, we, we, we've gotten to know better so we can educate each other on it, you know? So I, I, like I, that, I think yeah. that's a great PFL. Very good. PFL. So I, I presented this to, so all my like private co coaching clients, I take through this at some point. And then one guy got back to me and he just blew it out of the water. Like the understanding that I thought about that I had about it, he completely changed. Like he came back with books rated from on a scale of one to 10 in terms of how good it is and the reviews that were in there, um, the backup books, his first round picks, his second round picks, uh, his timelines. And then when I got his slideshow, it was 80 slides. Cause he, wow. he, yeah, he went and did exactly that. He put it into keynote format. Uh, so that's the second thing then, right? At Very PFL. And I, Very and good. I love Very the idea good. of, of, uh, constraining it with a deadline. Yeah. The third thing is to get a thinking partner. Mm. because so thinking part and the idea for it really came out of my studies. Uh, it was one of the, one of the most like interesting things that came out of it. So I did my master's in business and executive coaching and the coaching was like interesting, but the, the phrasing thinking partner just like took it to a different level for me. And we've been thinking partners for a while. And I've always found such immense value in sitting down with someone who has an expansive mindset, who has a lot of experience um, and who can help you to just approach things from a different angle. And so I think what we, what, apart from hiring someone like a coach, like go find someone in your circle and you commit to every second week sitting down and saying, we are discussing half an hour what's happening in your life, half an hour what's happening in my life. And we are trying to brainstorm solutions. Um, what is, I know thinking partners also resonated for you. Yeah, I, you know, I love that. I, you know, the reason, and you're an excellent coach, Eric, and I don't want to take anything away from your coaching practice, but you and I started coaching, you, you were coaching me because I was so impressed by your dedication to your craft. But I was frustrated that I couldn't ask you any questions about what was going on in your life. <laughs> and I was like, no, this is, I don't like this. I want to be able to engage rather than being almost like looked after. And I don't think that's necessarily the case for everybody. Some people actually mm. need that coaching, but for me, I much more enjoy our thinking partnerships. And I've got one or two other guys that I do this with as well that are very um, highly acclaimed in their fields. And I always get a fresh perspective from them of what's going on in their worlds, how mm. they're going about expanding themselves in their business. And we just share, you know, and it's that sharing process. And it's, it's ultimately an equal partner you know it's a partner that is doing their work and is putting in the effort oh, i suppose it's like imagine you had a tennis partner that you wanted to play tennis with you couldn't play tennis with a tennis partner that wasn't as good as you it's almost like mm. somebody on par mm. with you that you can have a good rally with and it's that sort of thing you know a conscious rally with somebody that's not always speaking about themselves but speaking about 
um, themselves in context to your story and then being fascinated with your story and being able to ask better questions. And you're excellent at asking those questions, you know. So I think a thinking partnership is a commitment to expanding both parties. And I also, you know, I just, I'm not a drinker. So I wouldn't think being around in the pub is the right thing for a thinking partner. I think the thinking partner is a space where you've got clarity of thought. It's not a relaxation process. It's an unpacking of the week of the month and then recalibrating with this thinking partner. So great point. I really like that one. And then the final one is a bit of a throwback to one of the episodes we did, but also one of the biggest questions that I ask people, which is who do you want to be? Because when we sit down and we start thinking about 2020, we are very good at listing out what do we want to do, but we're not as good as answering the question, who do I want to be? And um, I'll let you just speak about the to-be list because I, I know that's been a big takeaway. I know we've spoken about it before, but I think it's just so incredibly important because at the end of the day, when you can answer the question, who do I want to be? The question, what do I want to do? Becomes so much easier. Well, it, you know, it's a difference between motivation and discipline. When you have decided who you want to be, you're disciplined. When you haven't decided who you want to be, you need motivation when your alarm clock goes off. And so for me, the to be is that I want to be a, a man in his 40s and 50s in the best condition of his life, both in a mental state, in a physical state, in an emotional state. I want my skin to be cleaner and clearer than ever before. You know, in every touch point, I want to be creating a more luxurious, minimalist lifestyle for myself. And what that says to me is that when it gets to the end of the day, I don't have a inkling in my mind to say, am I going to sit and watch TV or am I going to go for a run? The run is part of the to-be list. Sitting and watching TV is not part of the to-be list. And also how much chocolate I eat at night is based on what and who I want to be. And it determines the type of diet I have, you know? So I think that to-be list is a um, maximum way of creating the end result of what you're wanting to um, achieve and then working backwards from that. And I think the thing with 2020 coming up is we need to become really clear that if your rituals don't change, if your small, minute, little rituals don't change, your habits and behaviors just stay the same. And then what happens is you become the same person as you were. And when you become the same person as you were, you know what happens? You lose respect for yourself. And in that process of losing respect for yourself, there's nothing worse, man. You know, you, you start putting on weight or you, you know, you're not making money like you wanted to make. You're not keeping friendships like you used to keep because you haven't been strict with yourself because you haven't managed yourself. You've just been easy and loose and you're like, yo, whatever, you know, we'll, you know, it'll be, it'll be fine. We'll do it again tomorrow. And I think the self-management uh, of this process for me and for you, I think are, are very powerful tool sets that we're able to overcome um, laziness. And mm. I think all of us can fall back on laziness and all old habits. And uh, for me, it's unacceptable, to be honest. Um, but yeah, my mom does often say to me, you need to be kinder to yourself, my son. I said, yes, I am <laughs> kind, but in a strong way. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would highly suggest that people actually go and, and write down this list. Like, don't let this just be something that you listen to. Go and create that list. So write down. So I have next to me on my whiteboard, I have words that I've written down. So like, for example, you're a, you said luxurious, minimalist. Um, on my board, I have things like assertive, premium. Also, like these are just, they, they big aspirations that tie into the things that you do every day. So I would highly recommend people go write down um, in as much detail as they can, but also 
only focus on f- like words, like, you know, five words that really stand out for you that you want to aspire to, that you want to become and who you want to be. Um, Love that. Do you want to just recap yeah. them for everybody then, uh, Eric? Yeah. So number one was to create a personal development budget. So don't just spend money on books, go spend money on experiences and doing things with other people who are, who are masters in their field. Number two was a PFL, a plan for learning, meaning that you don't just learn by random, but you theme your quarters or your weeks according to a specific topic. You learn about it and then, like you said, create some sort of a deadline and present it. Yeah, I would I wouldn't I mean listen, theming is is one way. I would I would say another way is to just make your first half an hour of your day a learning half an hour. Put your phone away, just learn for half an hour in the morning. And if you just get that 20 minutes out the way and that reading out the way or whatever it may be, then you you can go be on your phone, you know, go do whatever it is. Because I also love being on my phone, but you know, in the first set of the morning, I don't theme my learning. I expose myself to my highest passion, which is psychology mm. and futurism. Those are always my themes. So you know, I've learned some incredible things the last couple of weeks just doing that, spending half an hour of time doing that. Yeah, good. Cool. Number three was to get a thinking partner, someone that you can spar with um, mentally. And then the fourth thing was then to go and create that to-be list, to answer the question, who do I want to be in 2020 and beyond? And that will help you answer the question, what do I need to do? Very good. Very good, Eric. I think those are very concise and clear um, it's funny, you know, as you were going through them, I was like, yeah, I do those naturally. I, it's weird. That's fantastic that you, I was, I've been doing them naturally anyway, but I wouldn't have been able to construct them in that sort of processes you have. So thank you so much. I, I'm sure this will be a very helpful episode to everybody out there. Thank and, you. uh, yeah, thanks very much for listening. Uh, we always appreciate feedback and reviews. And, uh, if you could please keep them coming and ask us questions through that and share them. I was having actually lunch with a friend of mine in Dubai that comes from an Eastern European country, and I'm sure I have forgotten the name of it, but uh, (laughs) she's been sharing it with her friends around the world, and uh, it's a wonderful thing to know that people around the world are benefiting from our research and our highest fascination. So thank you. So amazing. Thank you, and chat to you soon. Ciao.